You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. It's Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 26. The Bible says, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses, and said, Let us go up at once, and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, And so we were in their sight. And let's pray. Our Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. And I thank you for your people. And I thank you for another Sunday that we can get together and we can assemble and worship you. And uh, we certainly need to hear from you today. We don't ever uh, know when it will be our last service. And uh, Lord, it could be between now and uh, next Sunday, someone from uh, this congregation is called home to be with the Lord. It could be between now and this Sunday, that uh, between this Sunday and next, it could be that the rapture takes place and we're all called out of here. But I pray that you'd help us to uh, be attentive. I pray we would have our hearts in tune. And I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to each and every one of us. Give us what we need for this day and for this hour. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want you to notice verse number 30. The Bible says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. That doesn't just mean that the people were pacing and the people were walking around and the people were going places. And he said, all right, everybody stand in place. That word stilled, it means that he hushed them. He got them to be quiet because they were all talking and they were all panicking. They were all stressed out and they were all worked up. And and Caleb said, listen, folks, I need you to understand something. And I'm going to do my best this morning to try to still the people. Now, I know you're not talking anyway, and I know you're not carrying on, but I want you to quiet your hearts today. For those that are listening and uh, those that are online and on the radio, I, I, I want you to get real still in your soul today And I want you to hear the message that Caleb tried to give to the people. Now, they didn't listen. And we'll see, because they didn't listen, 
They didn't get to go into the promised land, but instead they had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness and all of those people, 20 years and up, they all died off because they would not listen to Caleb's message, but he stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once, right now. Now is the time to go into the promised land that God has given us Notice what he says, and we will possess it, it's ours, for we are well able to overcome it. That word overcome, it means to have victory. It means to have power. It means to prevail. And Caleb said, it's not even close. It's not that we might be able. It's not that it's possible we can overcome it. But he said, we are well able. This is definitely, this is positively something that we can do, we can overcome. Notice our theme for the year from Romans 8, 37. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Caleb said, with God's help, we can overcome this land. With God's help, we can overcome the giants. We can overcome the walled cities. Moses had sent out spies in Numbers 13. It was not Moses' idea. It wasn't just a, a random thought. But God told Moses, he said, send out spies to spy out the land. Moses sent out, how many spies in all did Moses send? Sent 12. Those 12 spies went out and 10 spies came back with an evil or a negative report. Joshua and Caleb were the two that said, we can do this. God is able. But those spies came back and 10 of them said, we can't do it. Well, hang on. Time out. That wasn't their call. That wasn't why the spies were sent out to begin with. They didn't go out to see if they could do it because God had already told them to do it. They were sent out to see how they were going to do it. And they were supposed to come back and say, here's the way the situation is. And then they would go for it. But we see there was a problem. Moses sent them out. And in Numbers 13, verse 20, it says, And see what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, and whether there be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage. They didn't do that. They came back not with good courage, but they came back with great fear. They, they didn't listen. They didn't believe the promise of God. And although the grapes that they came back with, the Bible says it took two men to carry the clusters. The grapes were so large. They came back and they said, yes, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a beautiful land. It's a plentiful land. It's a bountiful land. It is more than we could imagine. But there are some giants in the land. And there's some cities with some massive walls. And notice what they said in verse number 31. But the men that went up with him with Caleb said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. I'd like for you to notice quickly as we get into the message, the title, if you're jotting notes, the title is We Are Well Able to Overcome It. We are well able to overcome it. Number one, I want you to see the enemy. The enemy. Those 10 spies came back and they said, the enemy is strong. The enemy is big. 
their cities are great cities. They're, they're large cities and the walls are very great. Meaning not only were they tall, but the walls were thick. And they said, this is an enemy that we're not able to defeat. Notice next, they said there are the children of Anak, verse number 28. Then we get down to verse number 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They said, there's some giants there. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the Bible refers to the children of Anak. I want you to turn over there if you would. Hold your place in Numbers 13 and go over to Deuteronomy chapter 2 with me. Just flip those pages. It's one book over. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and notice verse number 10. The Bible says, And the Emims dwelt therein in times past, a people great and many and tall, as the Anakims, which were also accounted giants as the Anakims, but the Moabites call them Emims. Say, well, who cares about the Emims? What in the world does that have to do with anything? Well, here's what I want you to see from Deuteronomy chapter 2. These giants, people had different names for them. People called them different things. Not everybody had the same description of the giants or the same uh, way to describe the giants, but they were still giants. And you may be here this morning and your giant is named something different than my giant. And my giant might be named something different than your giant, but it's still, it's a giant. And in your life, it's big. And in your life, maybe it's health. Uh, maybe it's finances, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's uh, a neighbor, maybe it's a, a burden, maybe it's depression, uh, maybe it's an emotional need that you have, maybe it's sorrow, maybe it's grief. I don't know what your giant is. We all have different names for them. But can I tell you, they're still giants. And I'm not trying to discredit that. I'm not trying to say that nobody has giants. Guess what? These guys were telling the truth. There were giants in the land. That was not an exaggeration. Now, the exaggeration was how big they made the giants. They said in verse number 33, they said, we were as grasshoppers in their sight. Now, that, my friend, is an exaggeration. Those giants were not that tall that the people were as grasshoppers, but they said, that's how we see ourselves compared to the giants. Maybe you're here today and... Maybe your problem seems so big that you feel like a grasshopper. You feel like there's nothing you could do. You feel like there's no way that you can overcome that giant. I want to tell you this morning, we all have enemies. We all have fears. We all have struggles. We all have burdens. We all have troubles. We all have situations in our life that cause us to stress and cause us to worry. And if you don't, Go home this afternoon and turn on the news and you call me in five minutes and there will be your stress and your worry. I promise you that. I guarantee it. And if they don't, if the, if the, if the media doesn't have anything to worry about, they'll make something up. Can I tell you, there's always something to worry about. There's always something to stress about. And we all have issues and we all have problems that hinder us from doing what God wants us to do and these enemies 
were described by those 10 spies. But number two, I want you to see not only the enemy, but I want you to see the equation. Notice these 10 spies came back in verse number 31, and they said, we be not able. Now, Caleb said, we are well able to overcome it. But the men said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Now, hang on just a second. Let's give these spies a little bit of credit, okay? At least they were telling the truth to a certain degree. The truth is those giants, those Anakims, those Canaanites and those uh, Amalekites and those different enemies, they were stronger. Israel didn't have an army. Israel didn't have training. Israel didn't have experience. Israel didn't have a city or a fortress. They were, they were literally nomads wandering through the wilderness. So that statement is true that the giants and the enemies were stronger than they were. But I got a question for you. Where's God? We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And those 10 spies, it's like they forgot. It's like they didn't realize that God was in the equation. It's like they forgot how they got there. Can I tell you how they got to the wilderness and how they got to the, the brink of the promised land? They were in Egypt and they weren't getting out and they didn't have a plan. But God poured out his judgment on the Egyptians in 10 plagues and God led them out of Egypt. And then God parted the Red Sea and God showed them his power and God showed them his strength and God's the one that got them out of Egypt. Here they are in the wilderness. They don't have any food. And God says, I'll supply your food every single day. I'll have manna fall from the sky and I will feed you uh, several million Israelites and every single day they had food. I'm telling you what, sometimes it's hard to keep a family of five fed or a family of seven fed, or your family, and you say, quantity doesn't even matter. If we've got two teenage boys, we might as well have a whole army, you know? And God fed the Israelites every single day in the wilderness. God supplied water, water from a rock. There was no water. They were in a desert. They were in a barren land and God supplied the water. And now these spies have the audacity to say those enemies are stronger than us. And they forgot all about the God that brought them to this place. Caleb said, we're well able. The men said, we're not able. Caleb said, we can overcome. The spies said, they will overcome us. They are stronger than we are. I want to remind you this morning that even if you are stronger than your opponent, that is not always a guarantee of victory. So let's say, let's say that the Israelites were stronger. Let's say that those spies came back and said, ah, oh, we got this. We got a bigger army and we got bigger giants and we got better weapons and, and, and we are stronger than the enemy. Let's just pretend they said that. Well, friend, I got news for you. The strongest army doesn't always win. Uh, the, the, the biggest doesn't always win. I'll remind you, three years ago, 
And for some of you, I didn't mean to bring up bad memories, but this is just a perfect illustration for the message. Three years ago, March 16th, 2018, the University of Maryland from Baltimore County, their mascot is the Retrievers. I, I don't even know what that mascot looks like. I can't even imagine a college basketball team called the Retrievers. But the Retrievers from the University of Maryland in Baltimore County, they were a number 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. You say, well, what does number 16 mean? Higher numbers are not good when you're in basketball and your rankings, okay? You want to be number one. So out of four different brackets or four different divisions, you've got the number 16 seed plays against the number one. The number one is the best in that whole bracket. And then 15 would play two, and 14 would play three, and uh, uh, 14 or 13 would play four. It just goes on like that. But, but the number 16 seed, never in the history of the NCAA tournament had never beaten the number one seed until three years ago. The number 16 seed played against... <clears throat> they played against... Let me duck to make sure nobody's going to throw something. They played against the University of Virginia who was ranked number one. And they beat them by 20 points. It had never happened in the history of the NCAA. By the way, this last Friday, a number 15 seed beat a number two seed. That's happened nine times in the NCAA history, but never, except for three years ago, never in the history had a number 16 seed beaten a number one seed, but it happened. You know what that tells me? That the stronger team doesn't always win. Now, most of the time. But just because you have more strength than your opponent or just because you are, are, are better or bigger does not always mean that you're going to win. Now, the children of Israel on this equation, they were on the wrong end of the equation. They weren't bigger. They weren't stronger. They were weaker. They were helpless. There was nothing they could do in their own strength, but they were missing a very important piece of the puzzle. They forgot about God. And can I tell you, when you've got God on your side, you're on the winning side. When you've got God on your side, you are victorious and you can overcome. And Caleb had it right. He said, we are well able to overcome it. Not because of us, but because of the God that we serve. The spies didn't even consider God in the equation. Maybe they truly wanted a place Maybe they wanted a land where they did not need God. Friend, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of a ministry that doesn't need God. I don't want to be a part of a ministry that only attempts things that we think we can do without God. Hebrews 11, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. I think about back a few years ago, and if I sound like a broken record, I'm sorry, you're going to hear it till Jesus comes. But I think back a few years ago when we had a goal to say, let's get the debt retired. Let's burn that mortgage. And we were praying for our 30th anniversary. And we had 18 months left and we had a half a million dollars that we owed on the mortgage. 
I will tell you, it's one of those things that I said, and after I said it, I thought, where did that come from? Now, I'll be honest, I had prayed about it, and I believed that God could do it, but it's, you know, when you say something publicly and everybody's listening, and now we're on the uh, live stream and we're on radio, and you think, I can't take that back. I said it. And I said it, and you know, after I said it, I thought, oh no, we can't do it. But I thought, well, we don't have to do it. It's not our church. It's not our ministry. It's the Lord's work. And you know what God did in 18 months? He paid off a half a million dollars about a month early. And we went into that 30th anniversary with the debt retired. Can I tell you, only God could do that. I think about the radio station and how God has blessed there. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't even praying for a radio station. And, when, and I'll tell you this, I'll say this publicly, I don't know if I've said this before, but when George Campbell offered us the radio station, I will tell you this, my first response was, we can't do it. The, the work that is involved and all the paperwork and all the computer stuff, and I, I honestly, I didn't think we could do it. I'm thankful that I had uh, Brother Nathan Johnson and Brother Dan Bybee that came back, and before they heard what I thought, they're like, this would be great. And I said, yeah, this would be great. This would be wonderful. As a matter of fact, let's do that. But can I tell you, that was only God. Uh, we weren't, uh, Mr. Campbell, George Campbell, who gave us the radio station, I asked him at one time, I said, uh, George, I said, what do you think something like this is worth if you could buy it? He said, well, you can't buy it. There's not any radio stations for sale, and they're not making any more radio stations. He said, I don't know. He said, I think the licenses and I think the, uh, the, 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 the frequency. He said, I would guess fifty to 75000 But he said, again, that's if you could buy a station. But God did it. Amen. But God gave us a radio station. I think about this Christian school. And I think about what, what I thought. I thought, well, maybe, maybe somehow. Maybe we can get a handful of students over here in this gym and maybe we can set up a few classrooms and, and maybe somehow we can figure that out. Well, God blew us away on that one. And God said, I got something better. He said, I'll give you a school building that's already ready. I'll give you a property that's already set and it's a half mile away from where we are today. And God said, I'll give you that. And can I tell you, God is able to do things that are greater than we are. And let's not limit God because we have to understand it and we have to figure it out. And we think it's up to us. Friend, it's never been up to us. It's always been up to God. And the spies forgot about God. They forgot God's promise. They forgot that God had already said that he would give them the land. We wonder why we're so fearful. We wonder why we become so discouraged and why we get, become so weak, but yet we listen more to the news than we listen to God. Amen. We watch more television than we read the Bible. We get more excited about sports and we get more excited about the things of this world than we do the things that really matter, that which is eternal. Number one, I see the enemy, but number two, I see the equation. They left God out of the equation. They, they forgot God, and they, they didn't realize that God was the one who was going to do it, not them anyway. And then lastly, I see this. I see that Caleb, Caleb knew the answer, because when he said in verse 30, he said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. How? 
Caleb, how can we possess it? How can we overcome the giants? How can we overcome the walls? We don't have an army, Caleb. We don't have the experience. We don't have a plan. But can I tell you, they had something better than a plan. They had the power of God. And they had the word of God that God said, you shall possess this land. Ephesians 3.20, the Bible tells us that unto us that are able, there's that word able. Caleb said, we're well able. And God said that we are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. It's not our power. It's not our strength, but it's the power of God. And you may not have a, a, a wall that you're trying to knock down. You may not have a giant that you're facing, but you've got something that's big in your life and something in your family that only God can do. Can I tell you, don't forget the eternal God. Do not forget the everlasting Father. Do not forget that God is at work. Notice Numbers 14, verse number 8. Caleb and Joshua said, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and he will give it to us. Verse 9, only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. For their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us, fear them not. Caleb and Joshua said, hey, we're not worried about the enemy. We're not worried about the walls. We're not worried about the giants. We have got our eyes on God, and God is able. Notice verse number 10. All the congregation bade stone them with stones. The people said, hey, Joshua and Caleb, you know, we think about you. We want to get rid of you guys. We're going to kill you. But notice what stopped them in verse 10. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. When somebody said, God is able, somebody said, God can. Somebody said, God can do it. God can give us victory. We can overcome it with God. And you know what God did? He showed up and he said, let me show you something. Let me prove my power. Let me show you what I'm able to do. And the glory of the Lord appeared. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Numbers 14, God said, my servant Caleb, he had another spirit with him and he hath fully followed me. Him will I bring into the land whither he went and his seed shall possess it. God said, because Caleb followed me and because Caleb was faithful to me, he said, I'm going to give his children the land. Joshua 14, 8. Nevertheless, Caleb said, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people to melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. We get into the promised land and we get into the dividing of the land. And I want you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 15. You've got to see this. We get into the promised land. And Joshua 15 and they're dividing up the land. And you know what Caleb said? Caleb said, I need a special spot. I need a certain area. And he said in Joshua, it says in Joshua 15 and verse number 13. Are you there yet? Say amen. amen. If you're not there yet, say oh me. There we go. In verse 13, and unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, 
He gave a part among the children of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of who? Anak. You know what Caleb said 40 years later? He said, I'm still ticked off at those guys. Those guys scared everybody and those spies were terrified of those giants. Caleb said, I'm 85 years old. But give me those giants. I'll take them. And you know what Caleb did? He drove them off. He ran them out of town. He said, you guys get out of here and don't you ever come back. So how'd Caleb do it? Because he had the eternal God. He had God with him. He had the power and the strength of God. And Caleb says, those giants, I'll take them and I'll show everybody what God can do with giants. I had never seen that before. But Caleb specifically was the one that drove out the giants. Maybe you've got some giants in your life. They've been bugging you for a long time. They've been pestering you. They've been holding you back from serving God. They've been holding you back from being the man of God that you need to be or the woman of God that you need to be. It's time this week to take the word of God and to take some prayer and take the Holy Spirit of God and say, I'm getting rid of those giants. Those giants have been living around me too long. Those giants have been harassing me too long. It's time to tell the giants to get lost and get out of here because this does not belong to them. I belong to God and my body belongs to God and my, my, my body is the temple of God and I don't have room for any giants around here. We get to Joshua, excuse me, Judges 1 and verse 20. And again, it says, They gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled thence the three sons of of Anak. The spies were worried about giants. Well, guess what? The giants were no match for a man of God with the power of God. And that man was able to drive those giants out of the land. The giants were a problem, right? That was one issue. That was one specific thing. They said the giants, the sons of Anak, they're too big, they're too strong. But what was the second issue that those 10 spies had the walls right they said the cities are too big the walls are too great there's no way isn't it amazing when they went into the promised land out of all the cities they could have started with god said i want you to get jericho first you know why jericho because jericho had the biggest walls Jericho was the strongest city. It was the most secure fortress city in Canaan. And God said, I'm going to prove to my people that the walls of Jericho don't bother me one bit. And to prove that God was able, God could have sent fire down from heaven. God could have sent a plague to kill all the inhabitants of Jericho. Uh, a God, could have, uh, God could have allowed the army to, to infiltrate and to kill all the people of the city, but God didn't choose to do that. He said, I want you to march around the city. And marching around the city, they didn't even touch the walls. They didn't, they didn't lift a finger against the wall. They just marched around the city. One time every day for six days. And on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And then God said, step back and watch this. And God knocked down the walls of the city, the same walls 
that those 10 spies said, we can't do it. The walls are too great. Not too great for my God. And they're not too big for your God either. Talked to my girls last night before they went to bed. Lacey and Savannah were in there and Chloe and Kylie and we're having devotions and I shared a little bit of this message. I didn't quite preach the whole message to them. But I gave them the Reader's Digest version. Some of you say, well, why don't you give us the Reader's Digest version? It's an idea. But I got done and I said, uh, girls, I said, um, after we talked about God knocking down the walls of Jericho, I said, girls, I said, how, how big is God? And Kylie, she didn't raise her hand. She didn't wait her turn. She just piped up and said, Daddy, God is Barry. 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 And I'm already, she's already got my attention, but she's making sure that she's got my attention and she just keeps going. I mean, she's probably about five or six times very big. He's very big. And then I don't know where this came from, but she said, God's feet are so big that he can stomp the bad guys. And I don't know if that's what God did to Jericho. I don't know if he just took his foot and just kind of knocked him. I don't know how God did it, but I know this, our God is so big and he is so strong and he is so powerful caleb said we are well able to overcome it the people said no we're not able and you know they were right they were not able but god is able thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of victory baptist church in roanoke rapids north carolina led by pastor jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.